Welcome back to Nothing Scarier Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kayla. And I'm Courtney. And I should apologize for making you watch this movie. <laughs> We're talking a little bit before we start recording and... Like we we'll do movies on stuff that we're actually afraid of, right? Like I don't like contortionism, you don't like darkness. I guess I didn't really realize how much this might stress you out. So I'm, I'm way sorry. more stressed out about like communicable diseases, turns out. Yeah, yeah, that the, seems to be the case. Also, this movie's just like really intense. Yes. Like the last, I don't know, 15 minutes of this movie, 20 minutes of this movie is just like super intense. Yeah. And Jennifer Carpenter screaming. Like, is the most stressful thing in the world. Yeah. She, like, I was like, holy shit, God, I can't. Uh, so how are you, aside from having to watch this stress fest? I'm good. I'm just chilling, being um, supervised by Omelet, as usual. Our He's got to get in his spot. Yeah, our producer, Omelet. Uh, what a good how cat. are you doing? How's your week? It was a doozy of a week. I'm I'm tired to be honest, but uh good otherwise. I mean, I fell into the rabbit hole that is the topic of this week. Like I condensed it. I know I have a tendency to be long-winded. So I did condense the things that I found, but there's a lot of things to be found on this topic. So uh yeah, well, I think that's I was good. Up the past result. couple nights just fucking looking at reports so oh god <laughs> looking at reports yes uh so should we get into it yeah let's do it all right this week we watched the 2008 movie quarantine uh which is a found footage horror film directed and co-written by john eric dowdle 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 d-o-w-d-l-e he he's done movies that we've seen before. I'm just terrible at pronunciations. Um, also produced by Sergio Aguero, Doug Davidson, and Roy Lee. Co-written. The other side was uh, John's brother Drew, and it is actually a complete remake of the 2007 Spanish film Wreck or Record, yep. which is really funny to me. Like, obviously, you have to rewrite it, but it is almost a shot for shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because, yeah, I remember watching Quarantine, and then I was like, oh, cool, because I was, like, I still, like, am into, like, foreign horror movies, mm -hmm. but I was, like, super fucking into it at, like, 2008, 2009, mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is the same movie. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's, like, with the grudge There's a little stuff. bit of, like, a little bit of a difference in the end, but it's the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. They're both good. Yeah. <laughs> so stressful. They're both stressful. Intense. Yeah. Uh, some of the stars in this movie, we have Jennifer Carpenter as our main reporter, Angela, Steve Harris as our video guy. Like, I don't know. Videographer. Videographer. That's the word. Scott. We have Jay Hernandez as Jake. Jonathan Sayich. Um, Satch. I used, it's like Scott. I used to know how to say it, but S C H A E C H. It's like Scrack or Screw. It's something I used to know how to say his name because he was in a bunch of stuff back in the day. But I know who you're talking about, though. That's audience. good. It's Fletch. Fletch. Yeah. Fletch. Fletch. Uh, <laughs> and Columbus Short as Danny the Officer. Uh, we also see a young Joey King in this movie as a girl with rabies. 
And uh, Doug Jones makes an appearance in this one as well as the emaciated, infected man in the attic. I love you, Doug, Doug Jones. He seems like a super nice dude, but he's always just like, I'm a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All of his interviews, he's just like a super chill guy. He's like, I'm from the Midwest. I'm just really laid back. And then you see him in like the TV show, What We Do in the Shadows. And he's the Baron that's just like fucking people up. Like, so He's like, I'm just gangly. Yeah. So I work out. <laughs> Uh, so the movie came out on December 10th, 2008. I did see this in theaters because I was old enough to see R-rated movies in theaters. Yeah. By like same. Six I was days. out of high school. I was out of high school. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> right? 2008? Yeah, I was mm-hmm. out of high school. Ooh, I'm coming up on my 20 year. Well, not in, a, in like two years. Yeah, and I'm like, sh- holy you shit. Time. You got time. Like, I'm like <laughs> legally an adult out of high school. Like that's how long it's been since I was in high school. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I always have a crisis about how old I'm getting. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Like the, the, the positive and, and hopeful outcome of that is that that just keeps happening. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> uh, but this movie had a $12 million budget. And made uh, about thirty-one million six hundred ninety-one thousand eight hundred and seven or eight hundred and eleven dollars domestically. Wow, that's um, a really specific number. Yeah, don't get that a lot. Yeah, I didn't round. Normally, I do. I was just no, like, how do you say this? Oh, even when I wait, even when I look it up, it's usually not that specific. That's amazing. It's very right. specific. So it wasn't a bust by any means, although. It was maybe just excellent marketing and timing. Um, The movie was not given to U.S. critics at all before its release. Why? It's good. And like most horror movies, it seems to hover around the mid-range point for most reviewers with a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd, whatever we pronounce it. (laughs) Um, it is a remake and is obviously, we talked about it, kind of a shot for shot of the Spanish film Wreck, um, which came out to critical success and Wreck is regarded as one of the best found footage films. And so I think the, I think the issue that some folks take with quarantine is that it is a poor remake that is not, it's just literally a shot for shot. They just put english-speaking actors in the roles and said hey look at this cool new thing um and what i remember when it was marketed that it really wasn't like marketed as a u.s remake like some of the other horror might have been it was just kind of like here's a movie yeah like well because the u.s audience was like super into asian horror so Mm -hmm. it being a spanish film i think like it wasn't as relevant Mm, to like the american like audience to marketing tactics yeah i gotcha um, there is not a whole lot of like behind the scenes stuff about quarantine, but there are some interesting things. And there are, there is one behind the scenes video on YouTube that was interesting to watch. And I'll tell you the fact that I pulled out of that. I was like, what the fuck? Um, but before we get there, our director also wrote or directed As Above, So Below, which we recently watched. Oh. Um, hmm. Devil, the elevator movie. Hmm. And, um, he was part of the Poughkeepsie tapes. If you've seen that one, I haven't seen that one yet. Cause I keep hearing like, it might not be like up my alley. Like it might be too like 
extreme or like weird for me. Yeah. I, I have a very hard line on like what I think is like a like quarantine doesn't bother me for some reason, but there's some movies where I'm like, mm, I'm good. I'm super good on that. Did you have you seen Poughkeepsie tapes? I have seen I watched Poughkeepsie tapes a long time ago. Long, real long time ago. Um, and I if it's the film that I'm remembering, it's I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe i don't know i just uh it's a type of horror that i'm like this isn't suspending disbelief this is a tuesday so (laughs) (laughs) but you know if it's the one i'm thinking of anyways um so in the making of video on youtube which is still out there it was kind of surreal to watch because a lot of it is like imagine there was uh pandemic or a illness and and all you're really thinking about is trying not to catch this unknown virus and how you would live your life and da 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 da. because i mean this came out in 2008 you know like there was the there was like the swine flu situation that happened in 07 that was leading into like this fear around this movie but obviously they had not experienced what 2020 was going to be like Mm. and so the actors and folks that were talking to the camera like i can't imagine and i'm trying to put myself in the it was just like oof yeah that sucks yeah Yeah, like covid was terrible and sucked really bad but like we had the spanish flu for like 100 years prior so Mm -hmm. i just like it happens Mm -hmm. periodically it sucks it's terrible but we haven't luckily haven't had something like turbo rabies right right you know what i mean a virus that like are fully unknown or is a hundred percent of the time fatal as we will get into with the rabies virus but it was just interesting to see them like how would i act and how would i did it and have those conversations right so also in that making of movie a couple other fun facts movies where the shots were filmed chronologically the set was actually built it was like a functioning apartment building kind of situation and each of the takes for the found footage were approximately like either three to six minutes long so like five minutes long so that entire five minute filming, like you're, there's not a lot of cuts in between those. And they had on like at any given point, somewhere around 15 actors on the stage on set at the same time. And so there was a lot of like pressure to not fuck up and be the reason why 15 people have to run through all their fucking lines and scream and cry and be terrified again. Um, wow. Yeah. Which is like, they also were laughing about that because they getting into the the part of i was like what the fuck is this they like needed for the characters who were infected needed them to have like slime coming out of their face and goo coming out of their eyes and have their eyes watery and irritated and red and they were talking about like yeah but if we had to redo a take it just kind of lent towards like the eyes being more watery and the eyes being more red because they had to wear these huge fucking contacts that were literally irritating their eyes so oh, like, yeah. oh, we saved some money about that. And then they talked about using like different like the jelly and stuff to make it look gooey. But Stacy Shabosky, who plays Elise, went hard. <laughs> they found <laughs> a powder and the directors were talking about like they were like, oh, it's like some bromo powder or something like that. Like they used it in the 1930s as like an antacid or something like that. But either way, like. Like Stacy got her hands on someone was just messing with it. And she's talking to the camera. She's like, yeah, it's like it makes your mouth foam. But if you aren't slightly dehydrated, then it makes it like 
like spittle, but if you're slightly dehydrated, you get like this thick goo. And it was, so it was actually their bodily fluids in some of those, like on Elise, the one that's like slightly catatonic when they find her in her apartment. Mm-hmm. That is actually her, her spit in her face. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But that's not the fucky part. It's a little fucky. But the fucky part is that that powder, <laughs> there is bromide or bromo seltzer, which is no longer able to be sold and no longer able to be used because uh, sodium bromide is toxic. And it was just in like this elixir that they would make that was like partially um, like regular stomach stuff that we use today, like basically uh, like chalk, partially acetaminophen or like a painkiller and then this bromide stuff that is toxic (laughs) so that's why you're using something from the 30s well that's the thing though like i i could not find the ingredients there was two websites that have something that's like this is the bromo powder that makes your mouth foam neither of the websites listed the ingredients one of them said it was food grade one said do not ingest ever it's in your mouth how do you not it's in your mouth you're supposed to yeah. put it in okay but if it is that it's it's literal poison <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> so i was like that is intense that is an intense thing to do just and she was really Alka into it. Like she's just like trying it like at home, trying to figure out how to get the good consistency. Cause they were really, I mean, she was really interested in this movie. To be in the movie for like stuff. 10 like, minutes. She's dedicated to her craft. At yeah, least like, it just seemed like a, a really, like she, I felt some, some connection. Cause she was like, this is cool. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, I've been on that rabbit hole before. Like, yeah. At least like she made the decision to poison herself, I guess. And the yeah. directors weren't like, hey, it's fine. Just put this in your mouth. Yeah. That's at least like, what I don't it seems know. like. Yeah. They were like, she yeah. found this thing and she was using it at home to try to figure out the best consistency. And I was like, at least it was that. And it wasn't like, please paint yourself with lead paint for the no. next three weeks. Oh, I hope she's she was fine. I'm assuming she was fine. Okay. I didn't look at that part because uh, okay. it made me a little sad. <laughs> oh, I was like, she just poisoned herself. She's probably fine. We're gonna say she's fine. Yeah. Um, and the last one I have here is just that in order to, again to get their tear ducts to water more, they just constantly kept in their oversized contacts, um, for like the full shoot. And my note here just says the fuck because like, so I wear glasses. We posted pictures on our Instagram. Or I wear glasses and I tried to wear contacts for a while. But I have weird shaped eyes and they're like, you have to get huge contacts or they're just going to roll off your eyeballs. And so I've had huge contacts in my eyeballs before and they still rolled up into my eyelids, which is why I wear glasses now. But I can't imagine those were prescription and they were only to make me be able to see. They weren't like the ones they were wearing in the movie, which are darkened. It's not just so that you can see like you have shit in your eyes for the entire time that you're filming. To save money on eye drops? I don't understand. Well, I'm the person that, like, I can just, I've been wearing contacts since I was, like, 15. Mm -hmm. So I can just, like, stick my finger in my eye and do whatever, and that wouldn't bother me. Maybe, like, the, like, VFX contacts are, like, worse, but, Mm -hmm. like, my contacts, like, don't bug my eye. I don't know. Yeah. Some people are super sensitive about it. Like, my sister, like, can't wear them for very long or whatever. But I want to know, like... 
I want to like buy some via VFX contacts and just see like are they thicker? Because like even back then that was almost that was fourteen years ago or something. I bet the contacts weren't like as like nice mm-hmm. and stuff too. Yeah, well, but yeah, that's the worst having something stuck in your eye. Like because I just in my line of work I've had I've had get shit get in my eye mm-hmm. and then it gets under my contacts and I have to like rinse my eye and put my contact back in because I'm like Velma fucking level blind, so mm-hmm. I can't just take it out. Um, so yeah, that would suck. Yeah. They're like, everybody's super dedicated to this movie, huh? Super dedicated. And it's like, like I wearing contact, like I would still be wearing contact. I actually don't have any problem poking my own eyeball. Like that's not a thing, but they wouldn't stick to my eye and they were fucking huge and they irritated my eye because they were so huge. I just can't imagine like, like you said, the Viet, like, especially back then the effects ones, like you're just gonna put like a 50 cent piece that's slightly gooey on your eyeball like yeah, just to black out your whole eye like you yeah. can't have any of your sclera showing or anything mm-hmm. like ugh. or have it like it has to be redder i think sometimes it was black and sometimes it was red in that movie but yeah ow art the things we do for art yeah <laughs> it is uh, art it is art <laughs> i'm just laughing because yeah that's the in, it's definitely worth watching if you are really into this movie or you're just interested in learning more about what they did behind scenes. It's like a 20 minute long um, hosted on YouTube that's out there. Yeah, it was like a little time capsule and people are dedicated. Are you ready to hear uh, the synopsis of the movie? Absolutely. All right. So comboed between general summary and stream of consciousness this time because this movie is so... Like, I have a note here that the moment that they break down Miss Espinosa's door, from that moment on, the movie does not fucking stop. Like, yeah. there's there's no, like, everybody was catching a breath moment. And it's all chronological, but it's also found footage and shaky cam. So this is a combo of, like, my stream of, of consciousness, but also more summarized because there's just so much fucking shit going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Um, so we did that that style this time. Uh, So the movie opens with Angela Vidal and her cameraman, Scott Percival, doing a take outside of a fire department. Uh, We get the information that they're going to stay overnight at the fire department and shadow the fire department. We also get, like, some of the relationship between cameraman and uh, reporter. He, like, does a whole thing where he's moving her hair back and they, like, purposely, like, stay on it. He's like her dad. Yeah, he's like... He's like her dad and like protective of her, but she's also like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the relationship was supposed to be, but they were friends at least minimally. Mm-hmm. Um, she interviews the fire chief and ends up asking about sliding down the fire pole. And you get this idea that like she wants to be a very serious reporter, but she her whole personality is just kind of like about being playful and fun. Mm-hmm. So she, she you seems see, like very young. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, younger and experienced in reporting, and, like, in general, her personality is very much like, let's just do something silly. Like, she's kind of that situation. They are assigned to follow firefighters Jake and Fletcher on their night shift. There was a whole lot of cringe flirting in the beginning of this movie. I would have had the same reaction to Jay Hernandez, so I was like... (laughs) so don't worry about it i would have had the same fucking thing that would have been real flirting i would have been like i can't act around him so oh you just took me i just i would have immediately gotten all awkward and shit i 
He's so I just cute. Thought it was cringy as fuck. I could not. Oh, I just feel like that was like real, like like Fletch is kind of like gross or whatever. But like whatever, don't take him seriously. But mm-hmm. I feel like partially uh, they were just like, <laughs> "You're cute." Like, <laughs> like I feel actual, like that's how like... I would have flirted. I'm like, <laughs> "Hi, what's up?" <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, it makes me question that character's credit score, given all that we know about folks that you're he was a gonna giggle. Fire. I'm just fucking on you. I know. I know. <laughs> I have um, a good credit score, so there. Was that? I have good credit. Yeah, but we've <laughs> talked about how your type I know, is seventies with bad credit. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so flirting, flirting, flirting. That's the note. It just says flirt, flirt, flirt. There is like he takes her down to like the locker room shower area where a bunch of dudes are showering. There's like awkward flirting in the shower. Not that they're in the shower, but it is a shower room where they're slightly bullying somebody together to be flirty. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's got his mic on and he makes a comment about going to Bagger by the end of the night. And she hears it because he's got his mic on. And like... Not Jake Fletch. Not Jake. Fletch. Hey, not good boy Jake. Yeah, the other yeah, one. The other one. <laughs> um, and she hears it and is kind of like... I feel like that might be like what she, you would have done. It's just like, oh, really? Da, 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 da. Like, I would have not get. Well, she like is super flirty with Flesh, and I feel like she probably would have slept with him. Yeah, yeah, probably. or whatever. I would have shut that guy down like immediately. <laughs> I would have been like, no, like, no, no, thank you. But yeah, it. So the movie in the beginning is just kind of setting up her character is kind of like this playful young like wants to be an experienced reporter maybe but she's she's serious but she's not super serious the camera guy is kind of protective slash like he's I don't older know what and more is. of like a veteran yeah kind like of he's thing. kind of more experienced with like being a videographer and like doing those kinds of takes and stuff and like he kind of coaches her through doing additional takes when they're recording um and then the characters that they're going to follow with the the firefighters um so eventually like flirt 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 and then they get a call the crew that they're following gets a call to respond to a health emergency in an apartment complex and they did some talking in the beginning about how most of the things they're called out for aren't fires but they're actually health emergencies because the firefighters are also emts so they run they get in the fire truck and they're going and they arrive to the apartment which is like an older apartment and meet with apartment manager Yuri, who says that he and the other residents heard inhuman screams from the room of an old woman named Miss Espinoza, uh, who locked herself in her apartment. Cool. That's fine. So we go upstairs. Uh, Jake, Fletcher, Yuri, police officers, uh, Danny and James, and the camera crew go up to the apartment where they find Miss Espinoza in serious condition. There is blood everywhere. Although they can't identify from where the blood is coming. Um, There's blood everywhere and she's just like foaming at the mouth and is clearly disoriented and like shaking like in a nightgown, just not having a great time. And they break down the door and that's the moment, like the moment they break down the door, it's like the happy fun time is over, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like over, hard cut. Um, When they crack down the door, a dog does go running from the apartment and they go in and they see her. Uh, I have a note here that says more power to these folks because they clearly haven't seen any zombie movies and they do try and help. But when they walk into her apartment, she's in like, like this, like she's like posturing to fight, like just gonna fuck some shit up. 
Uh, camera crew goes into the apartment and Scott turns on like the spotlight on his camera, the bright light on his camera, and it flashes onto her face and agitates her more. Uh, her being Miss Espinoza. Moments later, she attacks them and bites James, uh, the officer, in the neck and like just rips out a good old chunk of his neck. And everybody's freaking out. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck? Um, they take him downstairs for medical assistance. They sedate Miss Espinoza and Fletcher stays with her now that she is sedated upstairs. And the next note just says, she like ripped that neck out. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just... like, like a huge chunk of his neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get downstairs and find um, that they can't leave the apartment building because they've been locked in from the outside, um, leaving everyone, including several residents, trapped inside. Angela is trying to help in any way that she can. Like, she's like, use my jacket for a pillow. Use this. Like, she's trying to, she's in the beginning of the emergency. She is responsive to the emergency. She's yeah. not freaked out yet. Um, Talk about like bad timing, though. They were literally in that building for five minutes. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you could have just been five minutes late. <laughs> you yeah. would have been all right. Then you would have arrived to like the whole place is being quarantined and you're not the officer in like control of the scene and you could just like dip. Yeah. But no, nope, they didn't have any, hit any traffic. So. Yeah, that's just crazy. I was like, I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway, that's stressful because you're like, maybe I should just be late to everything. Well, yeah, I'm no. late to everything, so I wouldn't not. have been me. I but. am not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. So all the residents um, who are downstairs, so this isn't all of the residents that are there, but all the res- residents that are downstairs are fighting. They're yelling. They're screaming. They're yelling at the officers, let us out. Like, hey, you're the ones locking us in. And they're like, I don't know shit. I think he did know some shit. I don't know shit. I don't know what's going on. They're just screaming at each other. They are trying to find a way out. There's like a a fabric workshop in the back that they try and go through. And then like as this fighting and them trying to leave is happening, we get um, interrupted by Fletcher's body being hucked over the side of the stairs. Yeah. It's like an old apartment building. Yeah. Just like, like, like somebody hitting a gong, like it, the scene is quiet and then erupts again but the old apartment building is like it's old and so there's a lot of stairs that go all the way up it's not like you have to take an elevator up and stuff so he gets chucked over the railing because he was attacked by miss espinoza who was not sedated enough i guess um and he's in serious condition and the next note here just says it was abrupt so, he landed on his head yeah he just it whole he like belly smacked like he yeah, just it was bad it was bad um, there is a vet who is a tenant there who helps um, the other firefighter care for the one that fell because I keep forgetting. I keep mixing up their names when I go through my notes. Jake. So, yeah. You're no, good. You're yeah. good. <laughs> um, so the vet's like, okay, hey, I'm a vet. I'm not a doctor, but I can I can try and help. I'm not a people doctor. I'm an animal doctor. Scott and Angela decide to go look for whatever fucking attacked him. Because, like, reporters have that, like, nosy. They're so nosy. Like, I say that I'm nosy. I'm not that nosy. Like, journalists are that nosy. You know? Like, um, danger. It's not danger adverse. It's, like, you're unaffected. Yes. They're just like, it's fine. I have to get, I have to film this. Yes. There's several times in this movie she goes, something horrible happened. She goes, did you get that? Like, really quiet. She's like, did you get that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the reporter. That's how nosy a reporter is. 
So um, they go upstairs to look for whatever attacked and we get the super creepy scene in Miss Espinosa's apartment. Angela's actually trying to get Scott not to go back into the apartment when we see a cleaning woman come like literally screaming out of the darkness, trips, hits a table and falls over dead. Like just it's quiet. She's like, Scott, Scott, no, come back. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. And then just tearing ass and screaming, running through the apartment. Miss Espinosa also comes out of the darkness and at this point we do have uh danny the officer is up there with them at this point and she charges and goes to attack them and he shoots and kills her i have jake scott and angela head to the room to bring down like each room to bring down more tenants mm-hmm. um they meet randy who is a very angry and very drunk lawyer who's like i'm not fucking coming why would i have to come with you and he's he's drunk uh, we also get the info from him that the cable is out now because he's like, well, are you guys here because the cable is out now? Uh, yep, they send firefighters to turn your cable back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we meet um, a couple from Africa who don't speak any English. We meet Elise, who is uh, the actress, Stacey Shabaski, who was the one that was fucking with like that chemical to get the drool. Um, we meet a number of other people in the apartment building. Um, there's like 15 plus people. It's like this old apartment building. So they go into Elise's apartment and she's got a lot of symptoms just like Miss Espinosa did. So they're like just trying to gather everybody downstairs. And like my brain now in 2024 would be like, I'm going to lock everybody in their own fucking apartments. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm not going to, I want a list of who lives here and everybody better go get fucking locked in that's if i had an apartment building in an old stone building with an old like wood door i'd be Mm -hmm. like i'm just gonna be in my in my apartment i'm just gonna barricade this you guys i don't we don't need to all be together i don't think that was a good move i don't think it was a good movie no like everybody go to your own fucking rooms and Mm -hmm. lock your doors there's no windows like that aren't like on the outside of the building just stay there yep or you're you're gonna get if you try and leave, you're going to get shot. So just barricade yourself in. There you go. But they go into Elise's apartment. She's almost like, she's like semi-catatonic. She's not responsive. She's got lots of drool, lots of tears. She's clearly not feeling well. And as they get everybody downstairs, the residents begin to panic because they see the, that the CDC is quarantining the building. More yelling, more shouting. They like put metal like a metal fence around like the ground floor and then like 2319 with fab earth, like plastic wrap over the rest of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so like every, I mean, that would fucking panic me too. Everybody's well, freaked yeah. out. Uh, they have to set up a makeshift med area in the fabric shop. And uh, when they try and go out of the window back there, they get yelled out by like a guy with a gun. So this is like escalating the situation. Uh, they hear that it's being called the BNC and they find out that that's a biological nuclear chemical threat. And I forget who was like nuclear. And I was like, look around girl, this is biological. Why would you jump to nukes? Look at this. Cause people just hear nuclear and they freak out. Probably. They're all pretty stressed out at this point. Yeah. I mean, nobody's thinking super logically we're gathering together for a biological threat. But I was like, yeah, girl. Well, and then Jake, the firefighter, is like, oh, it happens more than you think. It's okay. He's like, Which it shoot, does, he's, oh, yeah, like, he's trying to, like, keep everybody calm. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, it just, it happens a lot. It's, it's just fine. something that they say. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so they make this makeshift meta area. 
find out it's a B and C, find out that cell phones and TVs and radios aren't working in the building anymore. They try and get to another exit point. Again, they're 2319. Uh, they're upstairs and Danny, the cop pulls a gun on them because he's freaking out because they're all locked in and everybody's like, well, you're the, you're the cop. What's going on? Why are you locking us in? What do you know? Da, 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 da. And I don't know if this scene is supposed to be like, like demonstrating that tensions are high or if this scene is supposed to be demonstrating that he was already infected and experiencing like some delusional rage. I'm not really sure because they talk about how if you get any of the fluids in like your eye, your mouth or your nose or someplace that you could become infected really quickly. And he was all up in it and like shot and killed Miss Espinosa and stuff. So I don't really, I well, she tell. was pretty far away. And then like later when he does like die spoilers guys, <laughs> um, he goes, she bit me like get away or whatever. Like okay. when they leave him, he was like, I've been bit like get the fuck out of here. So it was, maybe it was just panic at this point that was yeah, taking over I think and they talked about people were just like stressing out and he yeah. just happened to have like a gun. Uh, we get some gnarly shots of uh, Fletcher's busted ass legs and mm -hmm. the officer's neck wound. Uh, my note here just says the guy offering drugs, LMAO. <laughs> like, I was like, I got a bunch of stuff. Is that okay? I got like a and whole pharmacy. Like, I'm not liable for this. I know you're like, because he's talking to Danny, the cop. And he's like, are you going to, I'm not going to get in trouble for this. And he's like, no, dude, go do what you're going to do, man. And he's, he's like, like I do not care. out of here. He's like, I'm I do not care. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to not fucking die right now, my guy. Go get your drugs. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Angela starts interviewing the tenants, uh, interviews a little girl named Brianna. This is Joey King, who is sick. And they say that she's got bronchitis. And uh, we hear that her dog Max is also sick and was taken to the vet by her dad. And we hear from the mom often, my husband's out there. He's not in here. He's out there. He's not in here. He's not. He went to go get her antibiotics. And yeah. she's like, can't be quiet. Like mm -hmm. they're trying to interview her uh, little girl and her mom just keeps going. She's just a brave. She's such a brave child. And uh, Angela's like, ma'am, can you be quiet? Yeah, she's she like, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then immediately just, starts talking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> At some point in the interviewing, Elise just dips out of that shot. I don't know if you caught that, but they're like talking. They were interviewing and then they're just talking to the vet. And like you can kind of see her sitting in the background with like her head down and she's just kind of fucking sitting there. Um, and then as they keep panning at one of those shots, she's not there anymore. Ooh. And they don't like you don't really call a whole lot of attention to it until the later scene. But um, so Lawrence is the vet and he explains more about the conditions of Fletcher, Elise and James as they all have similar symptoms to those of rabies. However, it's presenting and like infecting at an extremely accelerated and alarming rate. Um, the lawyer wants to go home and the cop tells him no. And I'm like, just let him let, let him like I'm I, like he he was being rude, but he was also drunk and like taken out of his house in the middle of the night. And like everybody is yelling and screaming. I just want to go home, too. I'm not going to sit down well, here. I'd be everybody. like, why are we down here? Yeah. Yep. There's and no reason his, for us all to be together. Was yes. like, this, this is this is silly. I'd have been like, sir, are you going to arrest me if I don't come out of my apartment? I'm right. just going to shut my door. Yep. I'm just going to shut this huge oak door yep. and you can bang on it if you want. Yeah. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, so my note is guy has a point about wanting to go back to his apartment. Honestly, uh, Angela and Scott follow residents, uh, Bernard and Sadie back to their apartment to check the TV because they still use rabbit ears. 
um, <laughs> on the way. That was a whole big thing. Like in high school, I remember maybe it was a big thing at my house. I don't know. But I remember like people getting upset because they weren't going to be able to use rabbit ears anymore. Like they changed the way that TV was broadcasted and you had to buy you- like a special adapter or some shit. Yeah, well, now, because um, we are millennials, so we don't have, like, cable, mm-hmm. but to get, like, local channels or whatever, we have, like, a digital antenna, because mm-hmm. they still, like, broadcast the signal, but it's just not, like, whatever rabbit ears used to pick up. It's all digital now. Oh, So you can still get, like, a... Yeah, they they switched over, like... To digital. What, how, how, yeah, how it was broadcast. So they're like, we still use rabbit ears, and they could get the news and yada yada. Um, on the way, they witness Randy being attacked fucking brutally Bile by the dog. A Malinois with rabies. Yeah. <laughs> they <Yeah>. basically... <laughs> they were like, like What's... what dog resembles a raptor the most? Those dogs are scary when they're not rabid. <laughs> I know. I, not off, to be breedist, but those dogs are terrifying. Be- beautiful dogs. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. I... I would love to interact with a trained one that I do not care for because they are smart as fuck. And I am not able to care for a dog with that level of possible malice and intelligence. Mm-hmm. So beautiful fucking dog. Yes. Does brutally murder Randy in an elevator. Yeah. And they just kind of like the dog's about to get like our like our core group of people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Randy drunkenly comes out of the elevator because he's he was like fuck i'm going back to my apartment and the dog yeah. turns around and just fucking pushes him back in the elevator and rips yeah. him apart and everybody's like okay well i guess this is our chance we're just gonna we just gotta here. i mean what are you gonna do what are you gonna do yeah. at that point well they they tried to open the elevator and they're like i have a fire extinguisher it's like man oh yeah that is well, a velociraptor dog like no angela does a lot of the we have to help them no we don't they're dead no we don't we're dead they're dead they're they're done they're fucking done they're gone goodbye we gotta go yeah so they they do that they 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 leave the dog in the elevator basically at that point because the dog's still bopping around until later yeah Um, they yeah they lock it in the elevator essentially yeah i'm like well okay sorry randy nobody used Um, this (laughs) (laughs) they didn't tell anybody i know Oh, my God. So once inside the room, they were going to try and find the TV. They watch a televised report. And the chief of police is saying, like, to a news reporter that everybody has been evacuated from the building and not to worry about it. And yada, yada, yada. And the power goes out. And they're like, why would they tell people that? Why would they? Because you're dead. I wonder. I wonder why they would tell you that. Like, critical thinking. Somebody's got to know, right? Yeah. Like, I know I can get a little tin hattie, but they, they're they're going to kill you. They're going to no, wait for you to die. They're just going to let like, you die. Yeah. Uh, so power goes out after they get that. And they're like, why would they say that? And then Elise appears. She had disappeared from, like, the fabric room downstairs. And now she's in the apartment, like, followed them up. Um, turns violent and start violent, not violet, and starts attacking everybody. And this scene was, like, I remember this scene vividly in the movie theater because i remember being like trying to push myself back into my movie or into my, my seat because i was like oh fuck because it's just the the camera right it's found footage and it's all up in elisa's face and she's like scrambling and crawling and snarling and uh. is that the scene where scott like beats her to death with his camera yeah 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 like scott's like a big fucking dude and mm-hmm. he doesn't know what else to do at this point so he just 
smashes the lens of the camera into her face over and over again until she yeah. stops moving and you're like oh, okay yeah. and and you are the camera right yeah like, that was obviously intentional you are the camera but it's like oof yeah oof um and <laughs> my note here is just scott is top notch <laughs> dude he's just trying to fucking like live <laughs> you can tell that he's like stressed out but he's always super calm and he's always calming angela down mm-hmm. like him and jake are like okay we just have to get through this shit mm-hmm. like everybody needs to fucking relax and, and angela's like, literally I'm in the corner screaming her jennifer carpenter is the fucking most disturbing scream <laughs> like it that worked in the exorcist movie yeah. we watched with her or whatever, but she's doing it for like the last half of the movie, just yeah. like fucking panicking. And it's so, I'm like, stop, stop. Yes, I, some, I would have really to really like, good. That's why I know like, it's, yeah, like, and these two guys are just like, you gotta calm down. You Please, gotta you gotta calm screaming. down. <laughs> uh, so after marginally collecting themselves, the group heads back downstairs. Downstairs crew are talking about the CDC coming in and taking blood samples. The vet is like, not my guy. Blood won't work. It needs to be brain. And the cop and firefighter are like, can you just shut up and stop scaring people? And he's like, I'm just telling them the truth. I'm just letting you guys know that something's up. He's yeah. like, no, like this I'm is right. all wrong. Yeah. yeah. And there was, uh, there is like a quote unquote goof caught on IMDb where somebody is like him saying that it has to be brain material is wrong. You can technically test it or you can test for it with like urine and blood and skin and da 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 and mm, why do they have to cut can. an animal's head off you can but you can you will not definitively and there is a story later that will illustrate this for okay us. you need to confirm by by brain slice or by cerebral spinal fluid you that like you you don't fuck around with rabies and you absolutely need to confirm with those samples you have yes. to at least do like a spinal tap you can kind of find thing. evidence of rabies virus after infection, depending on where you are in the infection, in other fluids in a body. But it is exceptionally hard because you're looking for parts of a virus. You're not looking for the full virus in some cases. And the way that we test, like the incident of like a false negative in a saliva sample, a skin sample, is so fucking high even for confirmed cases of rabies Sure, you can test in urine and, and blood and stuff, but you're like shouldn't. Like that's no, not the way to and find you out. Can't like can't fuck around fuck with around it. with rabies at all. There's like no room for like error. It's 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 fuck around and find out a hundred percent of the time. You will find yeah. out and it will be bad. Yeah. So the technically, yes, you can test other ways, but you shouldn't. And yes. Well, yeah. get on that soapbox later. <laughs> I will be right there with you. Yeah, back to the movie. Um, while going over the status of the tenants, we learn that uh, Randy and the cleaning lady are dead. Uh, the couple who doesn't speak English have a paralytic father living with them who is not downstairs, everybody else. And um, there was a, they just call him a man from Boston that rented the attic apartment and hasn't been seen for like months. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my next note is Brianna is just sick with bronchitis, and I wrote it to be like super whiny bronchitis. Bronchitis. She's yeah. so. I mean, it's your kid. I get it, but like she's like, no, she's just got bronchitis. It's fine. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. So we get two CDC agents that come in wearing full hazmat suits. Everybody's like, the fuck, the fuck. Um, 
they lock everybody out of the makeshift med room. They give Fletcher a shot in the neck with like an 18 foot fucking needle. Mm. Like this is going to the other side. Are you getting to the like? What? <laughs> <laughs> they attempt to. They then attempt to take a brain sample from Fletcher by just like drilling into that cranium, like just the top of his skull. Yeah. Like where are you guys aiming? <laughs> just literally the top like, of his yeah. skull. Um, Angeline's got one to film, but are get it pushed out. So they have to find a different way to film, which is through like a top window on the other side of that, this room. That part cracks me up because they like open the front door and Danny and Jake both see them and they're like, are you fucking serious? And just shut the yeah. door. <laughs> Suddenly Fletcher attacks and bites one of the inspectors while evacuating. Lawrence, the veterinarian is trapped inside with the infected. And they're like, they basically are like, you're fucked. We're not opening the door. They're attacking. Sorry, you're fucked. Like, he's like, yeah. I'm not bit. I'm fine. And then he gets murdered. Yeah. Um, the surviving health inspector reveals that the previous day, a dog was taken to the local veterinarian. It became violent and killed or infected other pets at the clinic, which caused all of the pets to be euthanized and tested. The CDC then traced the dog back to this apartment building and tells the residents that it is an unknown but highly spreadable disease that is likely related to rabies. And it just develops a lot faster. Like the vets, like it usually takes like it can take a couple months normally, but this is like a an hour. Yeah, this is like turning an hour, and um, they all turn to like the mom and and Brianna and like, hello, was it your dog at the vet? And she's holding her daughter really close to her. She's like, it's just bronchitis. It's just bronchitis. And then her daughter just fucking bites the shit out of her neck and runs away, like screaming like a demon. Yep, just fucking holding her like this, my baby. And then eats. Yeah, it's good times. Bites. Um, And her mom is just screaming bloody murder for them to keep away from her and telling her, her daughter to run. Firefighter and Scott and Angela go to look for the little girl. She does bite Danny the cop and infects him and another resident attacks him out of the dark. Like from this point on, it's just shaky camp screaming and zombs. Like it's just. Yeah, it's, mo- yeah, it's like people just fucking they handcuff the mom at one point to the bottom of the stairs mm-hmm. because they know she's going to turn and, and they need to go find she, the daughter. Yeah, she got bit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they go to run down the stairs after Brianna attacks and the cop is like, uh, I'm, I'm dead, but I'm just going to hold her for you. Get out of here. Yeah. They're running down the stairs and all the residents from downstairs are running up the stairs. Yelling, They're like, go, They're getting go. out. They're getting out. They're getting out. And I'm like, I'm sweating at this point in the movie theater. I'm just like, everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Like, it's intense. This is when I started to hide in my phone where I, yeah. when I was watching this. I was like, I'm just going to sort of... I'm going to hide in the comments. I'm sort of going to look at, like, my the, my social media right now. And yeah. also, because I can't... I was like, oh, God. It was, a, it was intense. Uh, Angela has a full breakdown at this point. She's been screaming a lot. She loses her fucking mind. Jennifer Carpenter is an A-plus actress, yes. dude. She's like yeah. full panic. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, Angela Scott and there's an opera teacher and one of his students that live in the apartment building as well. And one of the fire people, fire people, firemen. Yeah, that's Sadie and what's his face? Uh, Bernard. Bernard. Lock themselves in an apartment. I don't actually think that it's Bernard's apartment. They just lock themselves in an apartment. Um, everybody's like, I haven't been sick. I haven't, you know, I have not bit. I don't feel bad. I'm fine. And like Sadie is like, I'm fine. Sitting in Chewing a corner looking nails. fully not fucking fine. Yeah. Like, oh, she must just be panicked. 
Angela has a breakdown. Another tenant, or this is Yuri, comes out of the shadows and is like, yep, I've been bitten. And they're like, oh, fuck, okay. And they lock him in like a fucking glass room. Oh, no, that's the CDC doctor. Oh, is that the CDC doctor? Yeah, he's like, I got bit. So they, yeah, it's like these little French doors are going to hold this fucking guy. glass French doors. They lock him in there and they're like, ah, fuck, we aren't safe here. But the zombies are also at the door. And so they go like... They're like it's just panic and they turn and see like that sadie is literally eating her fingers at this point not just mm-hmm. chewing her nails and the teacher's like we have to get her help we have to get her help and he opens the window and rips the plastic and just gets shot by by a gunner on the building next door like they don't want these people to leave yeah so they're hiding from the fucking rabid people they're hiding from the snipers across the street there's another guy who's gonna turn with like two feet away from them with glass glass in between them yeah yeah at some point yuri does show up and he's the apartment building older owner remember there's another way out if they can get to the basement because there's a couldn't remember this like two fucking hours ago right there's like a large drain but it's locked and the keys are in his apartment and he gets like the attack he the gets like taken out cdc and... guy finally turns and like pulls him through the glass and kills mm-hmm. him sadie's screaming yeah they she finally like are like fuck it let's go let's mm-hmm. do it and this is like jake just starts like murking people with just a sledge. like yeah he has a sledgehammer and he just starts fucking shit up yeah it, it just chaos and they're like we gotta go to your apartment get the keys and they're like which one was it you took roll call and he's like i don't fucking remember like which apartment it was and it's like an involuntary you've been forced into a haunted house at this point as the camera view because like shit's popping out people are screaming like it's just sadie attacks angela at one point and we get that scene where like the camera gets dropped and scott and jake are trying to get sadie off of angela and then yeah. they end up like picking angela up and you just see not angela they end up picking sadie up and you just see her legs standing dangling so they like they like break her, her to death or yeah. break her neck or whatever yeah, and they're also running are... they and have to Angela get in the elevator it's like uh she's like i was bit i was bit i was bit i was she's, bit. Like, and she's like you're not you're not you need to calm the fuck down you're not but you're right yeah they go to the yeah. elevator and they want to take the elevator up to yuri's apartment they break sadie's neck jake gets bitten by yuri and this leaves angela and scott as the only survivors at this point, they can't make their way to the basement because there's just too many infected folks all over the place and trying to eat them. It's like, oh, you, you should have left them in their apartments, but I digress. And they are forced to go upstairs to the attic unit instead of down to the basement where they think they could get out. So they search the apartment. It's dark as fuck. The only thing they have is like the camera light and Angela is just like, the light on me, the light on me, the light on me, the light on me. Oh my God. I think I would have to knock her out. I would be like, you have to stop or I'm going to fucking leave you here. Like, I don't know what I would do with her, but I'd be like, you have to fucking stop. Yeah. We're going to fucking die. Stop. Especially with a, like, do you, you're just going to tell them, you're just going to tell them where we are every, every three seconds. Yeah, I'd be like, you shut the fuck up. Yes. God, I literally texted you like, I think I would have just left her (laughs) somewhere. Like, just. It was like one of the only texts that you sent me watching this and it took me a second to realize who you were talking about. Scott is such a good, like a nice dad guy. He's Mm -hmm. just like, I'm going to take care of you. It's okay. I'm like, you have, I would have like, I will kill you myself. You have to stop screaming. You are not quiet. You have to stop screaming. Yeah, you have to. Or be like, you just stand here and scream. I'm going to go over here. Yeah. It's a distraction. Have fun. Holy shit. Uh, so they, Angela and Scott get to that apartment, they open the door and they are like walking through the apartment and they see 
okay, man from Boston that hasn't been seen in a couple months. Turns out he's part of a doomsday cult who's trying to bring on the apocalypse and stole, like we get this through just like clippings of a newspaper and then knowing what the CDC said. So they stole this type of rabies from somewhere and wanted to release it into the general public. So the light goes out on the camera and Angela cannot have that. So Scott turns on the camera's night vision, which somebody made a point on the IMDb to be like, that type of camera wouldn't have night vision, which, okay, it's a movie, though. Uh, we're watching a fucking zombie movie. Are we worried about that? <laughs> well, what we're watching a zombie movie with a very possible viral strain. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, lots of it was legit, but supposedly this camera shouldn't have had night vision, but I digress. It's got night vision and it's making things more intense because Scott cameraman can see things, but Angela can't. And they hear banging and scraping noise inside the apartment. Um, they like the there's like a trap door to a attic of the attic that just like pops fucking open. And Scott's like, oh, we should look up there. That's when the camera like breaks because he puts yeah, he yeah, right, the right, camera right. up there mm-hmm. and it gets pop the light. Which yeah. like that felt out of character for Scott to be like, we should look up there because Maybe he's just trying to, like, assess if there's, like, a threat or if they can, like, hide up there until, like, shit calms down. Because eventually, like, they're going to come in and clear the building, right? Maybe. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. Um, So camera gets busted. They turn on the night vision. They start to hear noises in the apartment around them. And just through the night vision, Scott's able to see, like, he's labeled ghoulish, emaciated man. And this is Doug Jones's creepy character. And he's just, like, shuffling around the kitchen, like, trying to be a, a zombie that's also, like, going to do dishes. He's, like, know. only in his tidy whities mm-hmm. Tidy whities and socks. Bad. Yeah. Like, he's got the he's got rabies and he's had the virus and he's had it for a while, so he looks super crazy. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, it's it's almost like he's trying to carry on his life, but, like, he's also rabid. So. Yeah. Scott tries to escape but trips and makes noise, dropping the camera. Angela retrieves it and sees through the night vision that that man is, like, eating Scott. So she is unable to control herself. She, like, starts whimpering and crying and, like, is backing off from the camera. She kind of drops the camera. And we see from the camera's point of view, like, we can just see her, like, scrooch back in the darkness. And then she just gets attacked by and she can't zombies. be quiet yeah like he and doesn't she, know she's there and then she's like Ugh! she like sees him and goes and like girl yeah <laughs> so we see her get dragged backwards by her legs into the dark and she screams of course as the the camera continues <laughs> recording um and that's that's the end of the movie yeah and it just cuts it's like mm-hmm. done question for you though I don't know if this is just like a, a shared delusion sign I have, but like I remember there being end credit footage for this movie in the theater and online like there wasn't. The only thing that happens is at the very end you like if you stay through all the credits, you can hear the noise of a camera being turned off. Do you remember an end credit for this? No. Okay. I don't. No. Well, we we watch a lot of horror, so maybe there, I'm there's just so much found footage it. stuff though. Like yeah. there's there's one found footage movie, I forget what it is, where it's like after everything, people are or another group of people are coming into the house to look for shit and they like go down some stairs and get like rushed at and that's like extra Maybe that's footage. What it is. There's a bunch of them that have like extra stuff, but I don't remember from quarantine. Um so yeah, what did you 
What do you think of the movie? I think it's a really good movie. I kind of hate that it gets a bad rap because it's like a shot for shot remake of another good movie. It could have been done really, like, really poorly. Like Psycho has a shot for shot remake mm-hmm. that Gus Van Zandt, I think that's his name, directed or whatever. And it was like bad. Mm. Like, I don't think as far as a remake goes, this is not a bad remake. I've seen a lot of bad remakes. <laughs> Tons, tons of them, in fact, or whatever. But I think this is a good movie. And, like, Wreck is a great movie. Like, it's awesome. Like, good. Don't let subtitles scare you guys. Mm-hmm. Go watch some, like, watch more foreign horror. But I think as far as, like, a direct remake goes, this is, like, one of, like, the, like, better ones. Nice. Yeah. I, this movie stresses me out. Yes. Like, I don't. It's. <laughs> I get, I've been watching horror movies since I was like five, okay? Like, I'm very jaded on the genre and I've seen this movie before or whatever. I haven't been that stressed out watching a movie in a really long time. Like, a really, really long time. It's hard for me to be like, oh, like in the comments, like, yep. Yeah. And I think, I think part of it is that it is found footage, right? And they put you right up in the mix of everything. You aren't, you're not observing the scene. You are in the scene in the style of movie. You know what I mean? And, and like everything happens so fast. Like mm-hmm. they, like when Jake dies, like he's literally at a door. He's like, Hey, we're going to, we have a plan. We're going to do the ABC. Yep. They open the door and he immediately gets like smoked Yep, or whatever. And, and I think that <laughs> if the main character act, if Jennifer Carpenter wasn't in the movie, I think it would be less intense. I think she does a really good job of like, yeah, panicking and like, it makes you panic. Yes. Yes. Agreed. And stuff. And yeah, like keeps up the tent, like keeps the level super high with her acting i agree yeah because like her panic attack scenes i'm like oh god because it Fuck. seems so uh, real like yeah. i know they're all actors or whatever but like if i was on set with her i'd be like i can't yeah like that would stress <laughs> me out <laughs> i need some booze i don't know what <laughs> i we're can't doing. relax i gotta yeah. calm down yeah <laughs> and it's shot really well i think of some mm-hmm. found footage movies like clearly like they didn't shoot that on like a camcorder or some yeah. shit like but like some of the found footage, it's like clear, like it, they try to like make it look like it's they like handheld it footage, whatever. Good. It just looks more like authentic and yeah. like better. Like the CG and random stuff's not great in this movie, but like I think it's done pretty well. Yeah, I agree. So if you want to be stressed out and you haven't watched this yet, there you go. <laughs> if you and then need more stress in your life, the rack movies they obviously go down in quality, but I think there's two sequels at least there's one mm-hmm. that takes place at a wedding that i thought was pretty good and there's at least one more if you like want more stuff in that vein mm-hmm. rec has like a whole series of movies yeah I th- there's a quarantine two as well if you wanted the someone on a plane uh terminal no. it's called terminal so i'm not sure if it's like the train terminal or a plane terminal oh. but it's a it's terminal which is funny <laughs> that's a pun huh <laughs> we like puns we love puns. what we don't like is rabies. You want to talk absolutely about it? not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about rabies. No, no. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So brief history: uh, rabies virus (RABV), sometimes abbreviated as, is a prototype virus in the genus of Lissa virus. Um, Lissa, Lysa, depending on the way that you are pronouncing things in Greek literally means rage and is based on a Greek goddess, uh, Lysa, Lisa, whichever. And she's the goddess of rage, fury, and literally rabies. 
Oh shit! So it goes back. Goes it has back its in own time. deity. It has its own deity. Wow. Uh, the first written record of rabies known as a disease is found in the Codex of Ishnuna. Ishnuna. I'm going to spell it because uh, if I can't say it, I want to spell it. E S H N U N N A. And this comes from Mesopotamia, approximately 1930 BC, <laughs> which is one of the oldest written laws in the world. Uh, in this record. Uh, the law instructed that owners of dogs that were showing symptoms of rabies should do what was necessary to prevent the dog from biting its owner or others. Should the owner or if the rabid dog did bite somebody, the person was subject to very, very heavy fines. So they were just like, it. like nowadays we have laws in the United States anyways, that's like your dog needs to have its rabies backs. And and this law it was like, hey, we don't have rabies backs, obviously, but you are responsible if your dog is up to some fucky shit. So, dude, as a PSA, if your dog doesn't have its vaccinations and it goes outside, your dog needs to be vaccinated. Yes. Okay. Okay, All guys. Yep. Okay, fam. Yeah. Please, please, at least yep. get them rabies. If you yep. don't want to do the other shit, at That's least fine. get them rabies because yep. because it's bad. Just do it. And you don't, if something even happens with your dog and another dog, anything like that, you, it, it can be bad for your dog because they're not mm -hmm. sure if your dog has anything. Yep. So just in, take care of your, do it. In the laws that I know in a previous life, part of that is like, if your dog is in, is in a incident of a bite, whether that's with a human or another animal, and they have an unknown or expired like vaccine history for rabies, they have to be put under a 10 day quarantine. And if they show any symptoms during that 10-day quarantine, they then have to be euthanized and tested. Um, yeah. So if you like your dog, there's there's like clinics and stuff where you just like show up, boop, they bop them. They're good. Good for one to three years dependent. And if they're older, yada, 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 there's some things. But like just go get it. If you have them. a cat that goes outside, it needs yes. it. If you yes. have animals that go outside or can interact with other animals like that, they need to be... Well, the thing about that, too, though, is, like, they don't necessarily have to be going outside because you can get bats in your home in the United States. Yes. So just just get them. Just get the vaccines for them. Yes. Just do it. Um, but, yeah, so back to our history of rabies. Um, rabies became very prevalent in 19th century Europe. Many people were infected by rabid dogs, and there was no effective treatment at the time. Sometimes people who were bitten by a dog who didn't even show any symptoms of rabies just end their lives instead of waiting to find out if they were going to get rabies. Oh, no. Uh, or sometimes those folks were murdered by mobs. And very often the dog was definitely murdered by a mob just in case it was rabid. And these are just for bites. Like dogs bite not for rabies, right? Like they're they're going to communicate with you a million times before they do in many cases. But that was it was even but more serious back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ugh. So these were obviously tragic circumstances because people were dying a whole lot. And it, uh, but it did provide Louis Pasteur with the opportunity to test many post-exposure rabies treatments in around 1885, which is the context of that sentence is terrifying. It is sad and tragic that there were so many people to test post-exposure on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Pasteur developed the first successful rabies vaccine by attenuating the virus in rabbits and then using it to inoculate a boy who had been bitten by a rabbit dog. That's crazy. He did that and polio vaccine? He was about it. He was fucking great. You're a He's cool dude, Louis Pasteur. <laughs> um, 
wait, no, that's the guy who does pasture? pets pasturation. I'm thinking of Jonas Salk, my bad, but he did pasturation too. Yeah. So like okay. just doing everything for the kids, man. Yeah. Like doing it, doing it up. Mm-hmm. Good job, um, bud. So this breakthrough for rabies uh, saved countless lives and laid the foundation for modern rabies vaccination and treatment. And around that today, you can get pre-exposure rabies series. So, but the thing with that is it's not like, um, even with like tetanus and your flu shot, you need to get them frequently because the virus will change and, and mutate and yada, yada. Um, rabies virus the surface of the virus in like, I'm not, a, I'm not a scientist, y'all. This is just me in brief, like in brief, the surface of the virus, the proteins that have like inhabit it and cause it to like be able to attack your RNA and be like spiky and do what it needs to do. They move like a moving Rorschach test. And so your body has a very difficult time creating antibodies for that virus until there's such a heavy viral load that it's too late. Um, because they can't tell what it is. It's like knowing what a strawberry tastes like and somebody puts a single strawberry in like a giant smoothie and you're like, is that strawberry? I don't know. It might be. Like you just, it's really hard for your body to tell and it, that makes it very difficult for your body to hold on to an immunity through vaccination because of the mutations and stuff that happen. So you can get pre-exposure vaccinations, but because they're not sure like it would help, but they're not sure that it will prevent unless you like got your second round of that vaccination yesterday and your bit today. Mm. There, you're always even if you get pre-exposure vax for this, you're always going to want post-exposure vax as well. The only difference is instead of a series of four, you're going to have a series of three on your post. So they only really recommend pre-exposure for folks that are going to travel to places with high incidence of rabies, or for people who are in like professional careers where they would encounter critters or people with rabies or, or like labs that, that work with rabies. Those are the people that are going to get the pre-exposure vax. Uh, rabies is though hundred percent vaccine preventable provided you have access to these vaccines. So that's good, but it's, it's one of those things that it's like, we know that not everybody has access to pre and post exposure vaccines. Mm -hmm. And a lot of work has been done since the, since rabies was identified and had been worked on, but it's not eliminated from the world, even though we do have the ability to prevent it from killing people through vaccination. Yeah, it's hard to, I feel like it would be hard to eradicate that with it being like an animal population stuff too. Yeah. And there's also, um, I might stumble on my notes later because I think this comes up later. I'm like so deep into this rabbit hole, y'all. There's like different strands of the virus which all cause rabies disease that are dependent on the type of animal that was carrying it as well Ugh. so it's like like you have to inoculate for for all of that mm -hmm. and it just it makes it difficult right so yeah. my next bullet point here is what exactly is rabies although we have been talking about it quite a bit um again not a scientist so super simplified uh rabies virus causes or uses rna to hijack million cells, mammalian cells, not a million cells, and turn them into basically virus factories and thereby also damaging your central nervous system and creating essentially when you have it, it's going to damage your central nervous system and going to cause encephalitis or um, in inflammation of your meninges too. I can't pronounce what that particular one is. Basically, it's all inflammation, it's all damage, and then you die. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Um, the virus is particularly good at budding in your salvi salivary glands and causes 
in one type, one presentation, because I found out there's two presentations of rabies. Um, in one presentation of rabies, it causes violent behavior, like being particularly bitey and scratchy in humans, and then encephalitis and death. So some facts about rabies in the United States and worldwide. Uh, well, rabies in people in the United States is relatively rare, with only one to three cases reported annually. About 60,000 Americans will get post-exposure rabies vax each year just from having interactions with animals that were suspected to be infected. It should probably be more than that. Just, oh yeah, I'm sure there's so many, there's a lot of people that are like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, and don't worry about it. It's very much not fine. Um, so during 2018, 54 jurisdictions reported just under 5,000 cases of rabies in animals and three cases in humans to the CDC. This represented an increase of over 10% as compared to 2017. Uh, 2018 is, interestingly enough, the most recent data that we have posted by the CDC in the United States, mm. even though they track it and we're reporting it every year until 2018. So from 2005. That's alarming. Yeah. That's alarming. I yeah. feel like they stopped doing that because it was like, it's worse. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. I didn't love that that data is gone. There are other resources though, um, who there's also a Alliance Against Rape. Like there's some other resources that you can go find. Most of the time, those resources are going to be focused on places not in the United States. So I was just kind of like, where's the, where's the current data? That would be great. But (laughs) up until 2018 is what we have. And those were numbers based on that. If we look at worldwide, approximately 59,000 people die from rabies annually. And about 40% of those people are children. Oh, so that is one person every nine minutes every day for rabies. No, thank you. Yeah. The majority of those cases happening in uh, the continents of Asia and Africa. Mm. So in the U.S., more than 90% of reported rabies in animals occurs in wildlife, whereas worldwide, the number one carrier and cause, it was like 99% are dogs. So, oh, that makes yeah. me sad. Um, top animals in the U.S., uh, raccoons. For a long time, my algorithm on TikTok was feeding me videos of people thinking that wild raccoons were cute. Mm-hmm. If it's mean, not rabies, mean. it's distemper. If it's not rabies and distemper, they're just going to fuck you up. I know it looks like a friend and it looks fuzzy. Don't fucking touch raccoons. Yeah, Don't touch I have them. A, I have a sad story. We can cut it or not, but I'm going to tell you this story. Okay, tell me a story. When I was in third grade, my teacher had pet baby raccoons for some reason. Mm-hmm. And one of them bit her, and the whole litter had to be put down and tested for rabies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was like the first time I like had really heard of that or like dealt with it when I was mm. a kid. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's messed up. Yep, don't like, do that. Wildlife's not your pet. Is not like your friend. Not whatever. I know you get permits like, and there's sanctuaries and stuff, but not right. like a random raccoon on your porch. Well, even with the permits and sanctuaries and stuff, their purpose should be, and most of the time is rehabilitation and release and not this is my pet this is a wild non-domesticated animal it doesn't really matter that you think it's cute and you want it as a pet the best life for the animal is not in your living room nope that's my i have so many soap boxes this episode <laughs> i'm sorry but don't fucking touch the raccoons y'all like just don't uh, other animals in the united states that are responsible for passing rabies on skunks which 
I think are super cute, but leave those alone too. Mm-hmm. Um, Fox are also uh, often have rabies or like one of the higher carriers of rabies. And the number one in the United States is bats. <gasps> Quick PSA here. Don't fucking just go kill animals for no fucking reason either. No. Just leave them the fuck alone. Just leave them, yeah. fucking, leave them alone. And everything will be fine. Yes. Just don't touch them. Keep your hands to yourself. Um, but contact with infected bats is the leading cause of human rabies deaths in the United States. And at least seven out of 10 Americans who have died from rabies in the U.S. were infected by bats. People, this is the, this is the creepy part. People may not recognize the bite or scratch of a bat because they are intended, like they're very small, those bites and scratches, those are on purpose. So even though those are small bites and scratches and you might not be able to recognize that you have been bitten by an animal, you have been, and it can still spread rabies. There's a good rule. Like if you're in a room with a bat, you should just go get, like, go get your shots or whatever. Like if you're in a room with a bat, if you got one in your living room, whatever, just fucking go. Yes. So always go get a post. That's my next note here. Always go get a post-exposure shot. If you end up in a so if i walk into a room and there is a bat and i've seen the bat and there's a bat there i should contact the proper proper authorities to remove that bat from my home if i wake up and i went camping i went upstate upstate like michigan to like one of my like i have a camper or whatever and i happen to wake up and there is a bat in my home i've spent the night and i didn't know a bat's there go get post exposure go do that go do that <laughs> just go do that yeah Call your medical professional. Let them tell you to go do it. The story that I will share later will illustrate and highlight that even more. Don't fuck with rabies, y'all. Nearly all pets and livestock that get rabies in the United States have not received vaccination or were not up to date on their vaccination if they had previously gotten it. Um, And majority of pets will get rabies from having contact with wildlife. So your dog accidentally squares up with the skunk in the backyard. Um, Your cat finds a bat in a tree. Like that's how they're going to get it. And that's why they need to be vaccinated as well. And that's why a lot of doggy daycares and groomers and stuff require rabies guys. Cause it's serious. It's I believe. Okay. I'm not going to, it's not going to say this is like is fact, but I I thought that in the state of Michigan, which is where we are, it is required for animal care facilities to as, require a rabies at least. As far as I know, it is legally, but I do, I used to be in the industry and I do know that there are some places that do not ask for it and mm-hmm. you should not work for one of those places if yes. they don't. Yes. Ah, so what does rabies looks like, look like in humans? <laughs> I just see you getting more and more like tight it in your stresses, posture. Yeah, like, it stresses me out. Um, after a rabies exposure, the rabies virus has to travel to the brain before it can cause any definitive symptoms in hu- like any fatal symptoms in humans, I should say. The time between exposure and appearance of symptoms is called the incubation period, which according to the CDC may last for a few weeks up to a few months. Um, I did see one report that said eight years after uh, exposure. They believe that's where the exposure point was, was eight years previous to when they showed symptoms. And the incubation period, aside from those extreme cases, are going to be based on the location of the exposure site, specifically how far away is it from your brain? Did you get bit in the neck? Did you get bit in the toe? Um, the type of rabies virus, so the type of animal that was carrying rabies will determine like the, the type of virus and each virus is going to have its different type of like 
presentation, which we will talk about, or like its incubation period might be shorter or longer. And if you have any existing immunity, so if you've previously gotten post-exposure or if you did have a pre-exposure protocol that you followed. First symptoms of rabies are going to be similar to the flu, including weakness, discomfort, fever, headache, general malaise. There may also be discomfort, prickling, or an itching sensation at the site of the bite. And these symptoms typically last for a few days. Uh, symptoms then progress to cerebral dysfunction, anxiety, confusion, agitation. As the disease progresses, people may experience delirium, abnormal behavior, hallucinations, hydrophobia, but also I think a lot of people like to overblow the hydrophobia. They're not, I'm not going to run into traffic to get away from a cup of water, but I am not going to seek to hydrate myself or shower yeah. or bathe. Um, also, we see lots of incidences of insomnia. The acute period of the disease, which typically ends in death after two to 10 days, um, in this stage, you're going to see clinical rabies appear. Um, like this is most of the time when folks are going to go seek medical treatment if they haven't already for like the delusions and stuff. Um, and this is going to be like severe neurological symptoms. So like your encephalitis, um, seizures, those kinds of things. Less than 20 cases of human survival from clinical rabies have been documented. Only like very few of those people who survived had no history of pre-exposure uh, medicine, but also like some of them did have history of some of people who died did have history of both pre-exposure and post-exposure protocol, but that post-exposure protocol happened after they started to show symptoms. Yeah, once you show symptoms, it's pretty much a wrap, right? Yeah. I mean, there are um, the, the two cases that were reported by the CDC from 2005 to 2018 that I found of somebody that survived, both they were under the, the age of 18. So it seems like the younger you are, maybe the, the higher chance of survival you might have as well. Okay. Um, according to the, the WHO, the WHO, the incubation period for rabies is typically two to three months but they max out um, in their variation from like literally one week post-exposure to one year post-exposure. So there's a little bit of variation, but there's also there's a variation in the type of, of that, or, uh, virus that you'll see. So. so the two presenting styles of rabies, which was new to me, uh, first type, furious rabies. And okay. that is going to be hyperactive, excitable behavior, hallucinations, lack of coordination, hydrophobia, and aerophobia, which is fear of drafts and like fresh air touching you. Death occurs typically after a few days and occurs due to cardiorespiratory arrest, which gave me pause because that is not something like if you... If you knew somebody and their behavior started to change really rapidly or whatever and take them to the hospital, that's one thing. But like if this is you and you're just kind of out of your mind a little bit and then you die from, oh, it was a heart attack. Mm. They just stopped breathing. Like something happened. We're not really sure. They're not going to test you for it. Exactly. So oh. the reporting incidents of rabies being the reason that this happened, they a lot of, of reporting places say, yeah, it's super possible. This is just very, very underreported. Oh, God. The other type is paralytic rabies. It used to be called the dumb rabies because it would, when it presented in animals, it like dumbed the animal. Not like you're so dumb, but like clinically dumbed the animal. But paralytic rabies is what they call it now. 
This apparently accounts for about 20% of the total number of human cases, which was interesting to me as well because the way that this presents is less dramatic and usually has a longer course than the furious rabies. Muscles gradually become more paralyzed, starting from the wound site. Coma slowly develops and then death. Hmm. The paralytic form of rabies is often misdiagnosed as some type of meningitis type disease or stroke or something neurologic. And this also contributes to the likely underreporting of this disease. I hate that. I hate that so much. But it's just probably underreported. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. So our movie demonstrated rabies in a hypermutation. Mm. So the question is, how true is that? Can rabies mutate in that way? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Totally can. Yeah. So we see lots of horror movies explore this idea as an apocalyptic catalyst, right? So like Resident Evil, Walking Dead, like there's just rabies specifically is used most often or like it mutated with flu or it like comboed with this. And the thing is, it doesn't actually need to combo with any other disease or any other virus. <laughs> and it's been around forever. It's had time. Yeah. So uh, the most recent paper that I looked at in the NIH articles uh, was just overarchingly exploring the idea of can this style of hyper like infection, hyper agitation and hyper aggression in rabies virus. Can that happen? Does the science say that it's possible? Does the science say it's not possible? We need to stop being worried about it. The science says that it's not impossible for that to happen. So it is could happen. Well, not impossible is different than like probable. Well, it's not like a zero sum. I mean, I'm sure it's (laughs) terrible. I'm sure the stats are going to just stress me out. Like many viruses, mutations for rabies is completely normal. It will change the shape of itself to like help itself multiply. There are hundreds of variations of the shapes that it will take. There's also lots of variations of the um, like which animal is a carrier and therefore which type of virus that it is. So um, this paper by Giuseppe Lippi and uh, Gianfranco Cervellini, who are one is a doctor and one's a professor, and I forget who is who and which is which. It's not impossible for rabies to mutate into a fast-acting, quote-unquote, zombie virus. And they go further to say, studies have shown that rabies can spread through wild animal populations at a rate of 10 to 40 kilometers per year. So if we look at a mutation which infects it, even if we're just looking at, like, the fastest from bite to infection, which it was like a week, in crowded cities without natural barriers, the disease could spread much faster from person to person, potentially leading to a catastrophic scenario, very, very much like a zombie apocalypse event. They ran a theoretical model, uh, assuming some factors about how fast it would spread, and that theoretical model showed that if it's such an outbreak were to happen in the United States, it could infect most of the U.S. population within a week. leaving only isolated areas in Montana and Nevada free of infection after a month. Wow. The world really do be scary, guys. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, 
like the viruses like that i'm not a virologist you know i'm not that scientist right like viruses like that though like they aren't purposefully out to get you they just Mm -hmm. want to replicate and live in the world right yeah they're the same goal was like we do the more we have to be strategic about prevention of viruses in order to limit the type of mutation or to hopefully limit the type of mutation that a virus might do in order to keep itself spreadable right like it's not like this big hive mind that knows what like its virusy friend is doing in the block over but it is mutating to stay alive right like so if it comes up against a wall and 80 percent of that virus is knocked out by that wall that 20 percent that wall doesn't work anymore and i really hope you have another wall so mm-hmm. all of that to say and the paper did conclude with it is clear that rabies is an entirely preventable disease. So even though it is possible, and we're not calling it probable, but it is possible for it to cause a zombie apocalypse without it super mutating and joining with flu, like it could just do it on its own. It should be monitored. Post-exposure protocols should be followed. We should be providing aid and resources to countries and locations who do not have them in order to help prevent this. Yes. But the style of mutation that it currently has and the way that we have to prevent it is not leading towards it, like, rapidly developing into a zombie style. It just very well could. Whenever. A lot of shit's possible. Yes. Um, I have a note here, too, to add. People. So the way that the virus is spread, right, is from viral load being shared between animals and people, um, animals and animals. And the other part is people to people bites do also spread rabies it doesn't have to be like you accidentally got spit on by somebody in the hospital or anything like that um you can get bit by somebody and if they have a viral load in their their salary glands like you will get rabies yeah that makes sense um there was a particularly sad story around that um involving a woman and her kid which was very much like brianna and her mom in the movie Mm. um she was caring for her kid who did have rabies got violent and bit her and they both ended up passing away so it is possible. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we got to get on that as a rich country. We got to we got to get on that. Yeah. I'm super worried about that. Also, I don't know. I'm probably going to make some people mad. Like we are a rich country and we have resources. I mean, our health care is not great. So I get it. But if you do have the resources, you should be getting vaccines and you should be like being proactive about things like this, at least bare minimum rabies i guess like yeah i mean especially if you've got an exposure right like there's the protocol right now for pre-exposure is not like tetanus or flu where you should go and get it in a specific cadence right yeah you work in one of these fields if you like if you're traveling to a country with high incidence of it like just be smart right like the there's a lot of discourse around preventative measures and so i mean i don't think you should go get like pre-rabies vaccines necessarily but like you should be proactive about it like if you are in a situation where yeah, you uh, could be getting it. Yes. If you have the means, you should definitely be taking advantage of, if you have the means and the possibility and medically able to, you should be taking advantage of the ability yes. to be vaccinated against viruses that can murder populations. And the incidence of this being nearly 100% fatal after symptoms show and how it spreads in a non-controlled way those two factors are very strong factors and why it is tracked as much as it is and why like there's so many protocols from the CDC and all of these pieces. So it's not like it's not a fuck around and maybe you'll find out it is fuck around and find out in virus form. 
So yeah, um, are you ready to hear kind of a, it's not kind of, it's definitely a heartbreaking real situation? Uh, yeah, yep. sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. So I'm going to share a real life story of a man who lost his life to rabies and it's purposeful, right? Like I know like it's funny or whatever. We keep like, go get your rabies back. Just, just, just do it. Uh, I'm not going to use any names. I'm not even going to say where they're located, except to say that it's in the CDC or the CDC of the United States. And this was a report published by the CDC. So it's where this information is coming from. This is a very serious episode. We're like, I, this is listen, a real though, thing. This it, is actually scary and real. Is, okay. That's our whole thing, right? Like yeah. here's a movie and here's what you should really be afraid of. And well, um, so yeah, uh, the story is going to demonstrate how scary and insidious rabies can be. So. In November of 2009, the CDC was made aware of a man who possibly was hospitalized with rabies. On October 30th, the man went to the local emergency department after 10 days of pain and progressive numbness on his left hand and arm, pain in his lower neck and upper back. He had sought treatment for these symptoms from a chiropractor for several days beforehand and actually had some improvement on his back pain and the numbness and tingling and stuff that he was experiencing. He had a neurologic examination uh, when he was in the hospital, like when he first checked in and it revealed normal strength and sensation in his lower extremities. His right arm was normal. The left hand showed no grip and the patient could only lift his arm just a few inches. Obviously, which one of the reasons that he went to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Blood pressure was normal. Complete blood count for his blood panel was almost completely normal, which is alarming. Again, we're not using blood to test for rabies, y'all. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that the CBC don't come at me. I know that it's not what that's for, but I'm just saying, um, we're not looking at elevations to identify rabies in this way. So he, he did have a slightly elevated white cell count. So there was likely an infection somewhere, um, and slightly elevated glucose, but like maybe he just, maybe it was undiagnosed diabetes or maybe he just had a big meal. Like it wasn't, that wasn't the alarm. Um, they did do a CT on his brain. And the only thing they noted at this time was a measurable size difference between his two sinus cavities, like front sinus cavities or whatever. Okay. Um, and that he had some decreased density in areas of his brain. Again, not like a, oh my God, rabies alarm. During his stay, his breathing became labored. He had um, increased difficulty with respiratory secretions as well. So like mucus and stuff. Uh, he was placed on a ventilator and transferred to a nearby tertiary care facility that could support the ventilation. Um, at the time that he was intubated, the anesthesiologist did make a note that the procedure was particularly easy to, to perform because of the lack of muscle tone in his throat. So oh, he was geez. already losing muscle tone. On admission to the tertiary care facility, uh, they were investigating like his diagnosis to be respiratory failure secondary to a cerebral incident or Guillain-Barre syndrome. So those are the two main ones that they were looking at and they started to provide treatment assuming the Ganbar syndrome because that would be the active one that was going on okay and they started they started doing treatment and they reduced his sedation even though he was still intubated to try and do physical exams and communicate and see you know if they could take him off the vent on admission he did have the weakness on his left side but he could still respond to people talking to him he uh, this is to like the tertiary care facility or whatever he had uh, normal eye movements on November 1st and he actually seemed to be improving in his mental state after the sedation was reduced and so then the goal became let's get him off the ventilator we're past the worst of this 
However, his condition then worsened in the following days, leading to weakness spreading to his right side, which affected his legs as well. He ended up losing like completely his reflexes and reflex response. He wasn't responsive to any touch on his feet. Additionally, he developed nystimus, which is like an involuntary eye movement, particularly when looking really far to the left or really far to the right. Okay. By November 3rd, he became fully quadriplegic and he was still able to respond just with eye movements. If they said, hey, can you move your eyes to the right, to the left? He could. But for the most part, he, he wasn't able to move outside of that. They then did do a test on his cerebral spinal fluid and the fluid, uh, which is fluid surrounding your brain and spinal cord, if you don't know. And this showed an abnormal level of protein and glucose and a very high white blood cell, cell count, again, indicating still like an active infection or inflammation going on. So they saw a lot of lymphocytes, which is like, yes, there's some shit like the body is fighting something and we don't quite know. And they used the uh, fluid that they tested to try and culture bacteria to see which it could be. So if this, if this is um, bacterial meningitis, if this is, you know, some kind of bacterial infection causing inflammation, but no culture, nothing showed up in the culture. So this is now leading us to think, okay, not bacterial, viral. So on November 4th, the patient had an acute neurologic change. Um, he started having twitches in his, his left foot, more um, involuntary eye twitches. His pupils were asymmetric, like he's, he's really deteriorating. Um, and based on the results of the uh, spinal fluid analysis, they started working towards a diagnosis of meningoencephalitis, so inflammation of your brain spinal cord and the menges, which are um, like three barriers that wrap your brain and your, your spinal column. So like a viral infection of this is what they're going with. Still not rabies. Still yeah, not thinking. And still... two locations plus the chiropractor, family visiting you in the hospital, worried about you. They don't know what's going on. Still through all this, they're not going to rabies at this point, which is, is scary. Yeah. So when they started going with the uh, anything that has to do with like meningitis and that kind of stuff, they, they contacted an infectious, infectious disease consultant. On November 4th, that physician came and spoke to the family, spoke to the patient's wife about any animal exposure history. The couple lived in more of a rural, rural area. And in the past, he had trapped wildlife for pelts and had been known to raise orphaned animals, like orphan wildlife. But he had not had any of that kind of engagement. He wasn't trapping. He wasn't raising any wild animals from the whole, like, previous year. None of that was going on. Mm -hmm. The wife had no knowledge of any recent animal bites that might have, that he might have received either. But then four days later, as this continued, like, interview process was happening with family and friends to see what the hell, like, what was he up to? What were we doing? What is this? Another relative recounted an incident that had occurred approximately nine full months before he became ill. Jesus. Uh, the patient had told the relative about waking up one night to find a bat crawling on his arm. <gasps> the relative did not know whether or not he, the, the patient was actually bit. He just, he, I can imagine, they didn't say, but I can just imagine it's like a text conversation. Like, hey, because you won't believe it. I woke up with a fucking bat on my arm. Am I going to turn into Batman? Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, that's not what happens. Like, we don't have that. It just feels like something super blasé, right? Like, oh, this is super weird. And I just moved on with my life. So the bat had been killed and discarded. They no longer, I mean, it was nine months ago too. Like, they didn't have access to the bat. Yeah. Um, and the patient had not sought out medical care for that incident at that time. So the p patient's condition 
um, worsened and then was not getting any better. So on November 11th, the patient's family elected to withdraw him from life support, and he passed, passed away shortly after that. On November 12th, the following day, the CDC shared some test results about the patient. They did not find any signs of rabies virus on the patient's skin or in the saliva when they were looking for specific parts of the virus using two testing types. One test type uses a special dye to see if there is virus, so like a direct fluorescent antibody test is what it's called, and the other test tries to make copies of the virus's genetic material, reverse transcription is, is what it's called, to try okay. and like identify what type of virus it is. Did not find anything. Didn't find anything in skin or saliva, which is why it is exceptionally important not to be like, well, there's nothing in your spit, so you're okay. We, like that's not, a, it's not a viable option. No. However, they did find antibodies against the rabies virus in his blood. So they were like, okay, you don't have these antibodies unless you've received prayer post exposure protocol in his patient. This health chart says he hasn't. They additionally found it in cerebral spinal fluid as well. So they were like, okay, we are very likely dealing with rabies. I figure most people know, but antibodies are proteins that the body makes to fight an infection. Specific antibodies show up when specific infections are there. So they're like, okay, cool. The remnants of what would have been fighting this virus are here. It's likely the virus was here. But they still needed to, to fully confirm. Mm -hmm. um, the healthcare facilities that were treating him were both contacted and told about this. Um, the family was also informed and the family agreed to allow the doctors to perform an autopsy on his brain to fully confirm. So even when we're seeing these antibodies, we still need brain to fully confirm. Yeah. So November 13th, they took samples of the brain, sent them to the CDC. Next day, CDC confirmed rabies virus was found in the brain. Um, they did a detailed analysis of the specific type of rabies virus and found that it matched a virus that is typically found in a very specific type of bat in the United States. Oh, geez. So a total of 14 family members and friends were interviewed by the health department regarding exposure to the patient's saliva for two weeks previous to illness's onset. So like you're going to parties and if you share a cup or if you share a fork or if you or like you kiss your husband or you wife. kiss your husband or like this, this like. I don't, as a bummer, y'all, but like, just imagine, like, I'm in the hospital with my husband. They don't know what's wrong. I'm, I'm kissing his forehead. I'm holding his hand. I'm making sure that he's okay. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what the fuck is going on. And the viral load is high enough that it's, you're exposing yourself through that. Yeah. <sighs> so 11 of those, excuse me, 12 of those 14 family members did receive post-exposure protocol. And of the 180 healthcare providers from the two healthcare facilities, uh, they, they were all assessed and six of them needed to receive post-exposure protocol. And yeah, as this gentleman passed away, uh, he was not very old. He even had a family, was, like... Yeah, even if there was a way to treat it more effectively, they didn't know about it until after he was dead already. They couldn't figure out what was going on. You know what I mean? Even if we had like a way to deal with it once symptoms really yeah. started. Yeah. They don't like the they most they can do is supportive because it's viral, right? And it causes like such just devastation to your central nervous system and your brain. Like you just, you can do supportive care at that point, but you're right. Like they didn't even know until he was deceased what was going on. And it was no. just a couple days before he had passed. They were like, oh, this might be viral. Yeah, like that's fucked up. 
That's fucking. So it's scary. And for like the person that's like, you can test in urine and skin. And sure, you can test. But even if you have antibodies show up in blood, you still you need to confirm. Yeah. And the incidence of like he didn't have it in his spit or in his skin when it would actually the virus would actually be there and they couldn't find it. So if we just were like spit in this cup and we'll tell you if you've got rabies or not. And that's it. That's all we need. Or those folks who are like, you can test blood in an animal to find out if they have rabies. No, you cannot. Also, I am a big animal lover. I love my pets very, 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 very much. And I understand why people are like, that's horrible to have to euthanize an animal to test them for rabies. It is. But also, like, that's why there's a quarantine period. That's why there's an observation period. That's why you should get them vaccinated. That's why you're, yeah, that's why your pet needs to be vaccinated. If you're that worried about that. Then just get them vaccinated. Get them, get them vaccinated because you have to be a hundred percent sure. And because it will kill of, like a false negative. Yeah, like it'd be it'd be catastrophic. Like this person, this this family lost their loved one and like jeopardized lots of other people in their family due to this. It's very serious, guys. Very serious. I know we joke around a lot on this <laughs> podcast, but this is like. We talk about like ghosts and ghouls and all this other shit, right? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I kind of giggle about it and I'll be like, ooh, spooky. I'm seriously afraid of worried about rabies and like that is something that I think about and actively try to protect myself against. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not really scared of a lot of shit, but I'm scared of rabies. So like be scared of rabies. Yes. This it's is very serious. It is possible for it to develop like you know i don't want to be tin hattie right like it is it's possible for it to develop into like a zombie virus like that's it's not impossible um we don't have any evidence that it is doing that right now like that there is a zombie virus of rabies out there right now but honestly it doesn't even need to mutate to be fucking terrifying like it is scary and if we didn't have vaccines for it and like a protocol in place for it like those people, like those ancient people, were just kill themselves. Yes, and like it was so serious to them because they didn't have any way to protect themselves against it. Like, yeah, that's so scary. Yeah, the world is scary enough without <laughs> ghosts and like demons and shit. Okay, guys, yes. the world's crazy. Yeah, there was. Um, so there's, if you want to find out more about these cases, as a if you need to convince yourself anymore that you should be careful. They, there are documented cases um, identifying information is stripped from the CDC, which is really, really good. Like there are, like there are families who have dealt with losing a loved one to this very terrifying thing. Like that is, it's scary. It's out there if you want to read it. One of the um, ones that's not listed on the CDC because it was pre 2005, but it is in the news is a case of somebody who uh, was an organ donor and um there were four recipients one unfortunately passed away during operation right they didn't make it out of operation but the other three then passed away from rabies because the thing oh my that this God. donor died from was rabies and they didn't even they, think they didn't oh my God. they weren't able to test it he went in um to a hospital with like severe mental changes received like mental health evaluation was held and they thought like maybe he had a brain bleed that caused personality changes and he was a donor and he passed away and they have people who need organs. That's so that happened in the United States. Oh, Um, there is uh, a scrubs. If you're a scrubs fan, there's scrubs episode that I think was inspired by that story. Oh, wow. It was, it was super scary. Like it's just, it's possible for you to not even be interacting, right? Like they have better tests in place now. 
right, for donors and, and donations, especially after that happens. Uh, but that wasn't the last time that happened in the United States on a donor. No. God. <laughs> so Hate that just it. happened to be in the United States. This just happened to be one of the most catastrophic and that impacted more than the person who had passed away from rabies and the donor. Um, yeah, so number Fun one episode. donor <laughs> issue. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to make this shorter. I'm going to cut it down. I got all these facts. I still have a couple things to leave us on, but like the other, the unit, the outside of the United States, the number one, um, like tissue donation that has a risk of giving you rabies is actually a cornea. Um, oh, shit. Because of it's in your, your eyeball with all your fluids. So, mm. Hey, <laughs> Woo. so what should be, what should you do if you're bit or you think you're exposed? Um, first thing first, CDC says, hey, if you have a catastrophically traumatic bite, don't bleed out first. That's your first step. Treat your wound, clean your wound. If you can safely, safely, super fucking safely detain the critter that bit you, if you can do that, cool, because I'll test that critter to confirm. That'd be good. Mm -hmm. If you cannot do that, clean your wound, get to your local health location and start start their post procedures, right? There are some incidences where you might not need post procedure where they'll say, Hey, you know, it's not that like this one doesn't carry it. We don't have that virus here. We don't need this out of the other thing. Advocate for yourself. If you feel like you should have post procedure. Cause but... they don't have rabies in Hawaii. Really? Yes. I think. Right. Yeah. Because I think it's Hawaii. Cause the, I used to be a dog groomer for a large company. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer. But there was one state where we didn't have, so you don't have to take rabies. And I think it was Hawaii because they don't have it on the island or something. I don't know anything about that. It would seem to me that there's probably bats in Hawaii. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm that that's just some random shit I picked yeah. up. And I think I'm pretty sure that's the state, but there was one state that didn't require like a rate like a vaccination or whatever i think i'm still gonna go get post procedure though no always post, like, just yeah. err on the side of caution yes yeah so ending facts for you uh world rabies day is the 28th of september uh the who and the global alliance for rabies control among other worldwide organizations do have a global strategic plan to end human deaths due to rabies by 2030 and they have been making some pretty measurable like strides in that since like 2012 they have lots and lots of resources infographics like you can look up some pretty cool things on that um global alliance for rabies control website so if that's if you need more a sorry and b there it is um you can definitely go check it out on their website um but yeah that's the terrifying real thing that you should be afraid of which is rabies which There's is 100 so real. 100 real. <laughs> There's no debate. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, very yeah, serious episode. All right. This week. Good times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what should we watch for next week? And is it funny? Hopefully. Um, speaking of real life shit, you could should short of be worried about probably not as much as rabies. We're gonna watch Dante's Peak. I don't know that I've ever seen that. We're gonna watch Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. Okay. All right. You'll tell me I don't know if week. it's a horror movie necessarily, but it's a disaster movie. So okay. that's what we're going to watch. Well, we'll talk about it's a disaster scary. next week. Yeah. 
If you are enjoying what you're listening to, uh, you want to talk to us some more, head over to Instagram, Nothing Scary Podcast over there. We're also on Facebook and TikTok, but we aren't on there as frequently. Um, just a quick another shout out here. We have we're continuing to receive lots of positive feedback and like number of reviews. We are a super, super, super independent podcast. It's it's our voices funding this and y'all interacting with us. That's what's going down over here. So those reviews really do mean the absolute world to us and help us get organically on other people's feeds so they can come hang out with us too so super shout out and thank you for that um if you want to send us an email that's going to be nothing scarier podcast at gmail.com otherwise um stay safe out there and we will talk at you more next week bye bye